you know, what, what we're trying to do is be like kids again and just discover something creative without judging it. And it's really, really hard. Most of us have two lives. The life we live and the unlived life within us. Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. What's the point if you're not really feeling Welcome to The Resistance, featuring meaningful conversations. We live in a condition of a constant murmuring. Like, that just doesn't happen for anyone. That explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. Oliver Wood says he does his best work when he's distracted. Now, taken out of context, that statement sounds backwards, right? But Oliver's main idea is something that so many of us wrestle with. This idea that if we're left to ourselves, if given full creative freedom, our minds will actually provide some very real resistance and response. At least that's how it is for me. It's in those vast spaces without distraction that I often spin my creative wheels going nowhere. Perhaps I'm frozen in fear because I've thought way too long about potential outcomes, or maybe I'm just inactive because I'm unsure which path is the quote right one. That's why Oliver says it's important to remain distracted, that somehow in a world of limitations with other pressing matters, it actually forces him to remain in motion. It also keeps him from too much self-reflection, and it's in that space, or from that space, that he's made so much meaningful music with his band, The Wood Brothers. In nearly 20 years as frontman of the band, Oliver's not only earned a Grammy nomination, but he's also built an incredible catalog of genre-defying music. Outside of the band and in his own solo career, he's worked with Phil Cook of His Golden Messenger, Susan Tedeschi, John Medeski, Seth Walker, so many others. On this episode of The Resistance, it was great to sit down with Oliver to hear more about the importance of his early career innocence and the battle to get back there with each new project. It's something all of us can relate to as we battle the resistance of our own and do our best to stay distracted, of course, in a good way. Stay tuned for our conversation with Oliver Wood from the Wood Brothers. Everybody's just trying to be happy. Line those pockets with grace. Everybody's just trying to be happy. So put your money away. Line those pockets with grace. Line those pockets with grace. Hello and welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Oliver Wood. I always want to start uh, from the top with where we lead off with every podcast. I just want to read this quote for you, and then I'd love for you to just respond in whatever way you'd like, even if you'd like to say, I don't believe that at all. (laughs) Okay. He says, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands the resistance. Yeah. I'd love to know what is that what does that mean for you? What is that what is how how does that resonate with you yeah. at this point in your creative journey? Well, it's interesting and it's also that you say interesting that you say this point because I think I feel different as I get older and as I've been doing this for a long time. Your your attitude and your angle has changes. Um 
but my first reaction is just you know the the two selves well at this point i feel like the i have the self that i live with every day who's trying to create things and who still is passionate about it but has a full life of family and um and whatever baggage comes from uh living that life and whatever tools and and healing has come from from just maturity overall and also what kind of success has come because that affects the resistance too and i'll call it the resistance today mm -hmm. because that's what that's our subject um wait how do you how do you normally refer to it well i was just gonna say I refer to it as fear, judgment, sure. uh, self-judgment a lot of times, self-judgment, and, and really just thinking rather than doing the process versus thinking about the process. Mm. But, but I really think that, that that other life that is yet unlived, the other day I was talking to a friend, and we talk, called it being authentic, our authentic selves. Like I know my authentic self is in there, mm. and how the hell do I get it out? You know, and, and it's a scary concept because it it seems like you have to break down a lot of what your current self is. Your your mm. your unlived self requires some pretty drastic changes, and you may not even know. I don't even know what they are, but they seem like I'm gonna. I really need to take a left if I want to get there. And so anyway, that's sort of my initial reaction is. I want to find that. I think about this all the time in different, in all sorts of different language. But finding that, um, you know, defeating the resistance means being my authentic self as a as an artist and as a as a person. I want to go back to what you just said because you you termed it. I think you termed it a scary proposition, right? Yeah, there's, and, there's and fear. Mm -hmm. I, I I guess that's almost disheartening because you would hope it would be less scary as you go yeah. on. And yet yeah. you've been at this for a long time. I mean, if we're just talking in terms of creativity and you know, you, you had like uh, what a, a decade even before the Wood Brothers with King oh, yeah. Johnson and, and yeah. whatnot. So I'm 30 years in. Much, so. <laughs> Is it yeah. still as scary? Is it less scary? Let me ask it, that. It's more scary. <laughs> uh, it's so it's really weird. And, and just talking to you, I'm starting to see this weird, X and Y axis thing happen where on one hand I've grown so much and and I've learned so many things about how to live and how to be happy and how to stay creative and you know there's a lot of tools out there and you can get a lot of support from other artists and from books like the one we're talking about and so you have all these tools which is great and there's other things going on. All of this makes us very conscious and self-conscious, at least for me, about, you know, the more knowledge you have, the, the, I think in some ways you're more conscious. Like what I'm trying to do, it feels like, is I'm trying to learn how to be a kid again, mm. you know? So Innocence lost. Innocence lost. Yeah. And, and there's so much influence now, and part of it is, is wisdom which is double-edged, you know, yeah. part, part of it is success, also double-edged, because now I feel like, okay, people are watching. Oh, shit, now I'm being <laughs> judged. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and what I do has to be, has to somehow be good, and it, so I'm judging it that way. 
it has to somehow resemble what I've done before, otherwise I might lose all that attention. Mm. Um, I think those are the kind of things that, if, if not just subconsciously, go through our heads. And so at this point in my career, it's and I, and I can be conscious of all this, but I, I got to say, I look back 20 years and, I'm, and I listen to some songs that, that I wrote and I'm like, how did I do that? Like it seems so, and 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 I also remember thinking, well, that was I didn't know any better, and no one was paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. this is before, this is when when the the business side of things were were struggling, but the creative was was flowing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there was nobody watching. It's like they always say, you can never make your first album again, or oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, things like that. Because you never have the scrutiny and you never feel influenced by the scrutiny and therefore even influenced by your previous work because everybody, you know, if you're getting attention, it's because of your previous work. So, oh, shit, I need that. That means I, there's, a, there's a template here, a format of some kind, you know, and often these things are subconscious, but we can also think about them and articulate them. And you would think that that, you know, it's double-edged. This knowledge is like, okay, that means... There is a way around this. I just have to fight those things, those those feelings, or those uh, those parts of my brain that are resisting being truly creative. So I think that's what keeps you from feeling like you're authentic if, if you're trying to please somebody else. So how do you go back to pleasing yourself? Mm. Um, and while I'm at it, I might add, okay, 20 years ago. These are things I think about. Twenty years ago, my life was mess, <laughs> and and uh, you know, I was uh, my personal life was a mess, and I was not happy. And you know, there's also the tropes about well, you you got to suffer if you want to sing the blues, or you mm. got to you know, it takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Blah blah blah. There, there's the mm. the idea that you need to suffer somehow to make good art. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to agree with that, but I will say when you're distracted by your suffering and that's all that's going on in your head, well, you're, that's the key word to me is distracted. Like I think you're, you're distracting the resistance with drama Mm. and therefore you don't give a crap about what anybody thinks and you just write what you're feeling. And this is a real rudimentary, basic way to say this. So, you know, fast forward 20, 25 years, even 30 years ahead. Well, life is good now. I have a happy, stable family situation. And I'm still very passionate about music and about writing songs. But there's a different backdrop. And it's, it's not very distracting in the way that I need to be distracted. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's distracting like, oh, I'm, I, I want to go to my kid's soccer game and I want to hang out with my wife and, uh, mm. and you know, I'm not going to be around forever. I want to cherish these things that are not, uh, you know, that seem are seemingly separate from the creative stuff, even though they're all connected. Yeah. Um, so today, you know, what I'm working on and what I'm practicing are how do I get distracted again so that I am more 
ignorant of judgment and resistance. Mm. And so learning tools to do that because, so in other words, how do you put yourself in, in that frame of mind? And uh, there's plenty of them. There's plenty of ways to do that. But again, you're not, it's, it'll never be like it was when I was younger and struggling and no one was watching. Mm. It sounds like the marketplace is the interrupter, right? Like, like it becomes Partly the thing so. that, that, and maybe all that comes with it, the public face you have to put on or the, is there any consideration there of like, uh, how do we shut out the marketplace at least to the point of, I don't know, you you can say, I don't care what anyone thinks of this. I want to do my own thing. But then you yeah. said, obviously we don't want to lose the attention we had. Like, yeah. like at this point, especially with Wood Brothers, because you're putting out a new album here yeah. very shortly. Yeah. Like, how do how do the three of you sort of wrestle with that? Yeah. And come well, out with this new project. Right. Well, and and I will say there's often strength in numbers doing this kind of stuff. And and I think we do a pretty good job, the three of us, Jono and Chris and I, we, we do a pretty good job of uh, forging ahead together. And although we have a collective conscience, I think, when we create stuff, that probably has some baggage to it as a group where we're like, you know, we're scared sometimes to make too big of a departure. I bet you mm. that's in the back of our head. And it's not a conscious thing because I think consciously we're like, no, we've done that before or no, that sounds too this or too that. So, you know, we're always trying to forge and, and you know, create new recipes is one way I like to put it with with some of our old ingredients or new ingredients that we find along the way. And I think that happens every album, and I think this album is no exception. And like I was talking about, we also understand the psychology that's going on, and we talk about these kind of things. And I think what we discovered in this album was that giving ourselves limitations was really was really helpful. And those limitations... Some of them were, were just built in. For instance, my brother Chris moved not too long ago. Uh, couple, oh, it's been a year and a half or two since he moved to British Columbia. Mm. So we all used to live in Nashville. Now, yeah. now we're not in the same city anymore. And Chris and I started out that way. He was in New York. I was in Atlanta. But anyway, now there's only two of us left in Nashville. So we, we, it's not as easy for us just to casually get together and work on music. And we have our own studio space. It, it was very luxurious hmm. um, for a while, and it had its real pluses. But at the same time, now our time together is much more precious. And sure. so we are, I feel like we're in some ways more present when we're working on music. We're like, okay, we gotta, we got to be here now. And that was the idea for also the, the technical end of things. Um, is we we made a very conscious effort to record in an old-fashioned way to, to analog tape and not only that but to just 16 tracks so we are limited to 16 tracks of recording which you know if you're familiar with any kind of recording jargon um, 24 tracks is much more common and which which really just gives you more options and then if you're in a digital realm you have infinite tracks yeah. And you also have infinite editing and fixing, uh, polishing options. So it's really easy 
to go down rabbit holes and actually not be present. And it's something we hadn't thought about before, but even when there's a computer on, you're, you're distracted by the screen and you're looking at something instead of using your ears 100% and, and listening to see what you're creating. Hmm. You're actually watching it. You're looking at it. And not only that, you're, it's a screen, and we, we all know the evils of screens <laughs> and how distracting they are. And they might be messing up our circadian rhythms as we speak, you know? Yeah. And then you have all this ed- editing capability where you can say, oh, let's use the blue one and the green part, and let's put them together. And what, what ends up happening, if you know that that's your fallback, when you're recording music, you're not very present because you just – and this is probably very subconscious, but you know, oh, we'll fix it later, or I can do this a million times. I have mm. infinite tracks or whatever. So, in other words, what we we created was an environment where we have to perform something to our liking right off the bat, and then maybe add some background vocals or uh, some percussion or mm. uh, a couple of horns or something in the remaining few tracks that we have. And a lot of people, including us, have done um, analog recording before just because of the the sound and and mm-hmm. and because we just have loved that old sound. Um, but we did it this time much more for the process. We wanted to be really present, and we wanted so so, so oftentimes limitations are really good. And this goes back to what I was saying about you know early in our career we have limitations too, like financial ones. Like I only had a couple of guitars, and yeah. I I only had a, a limited money to make recordings, and and so you didn't spend hours and hours in the studio. You got really prepared, and you went in there and you made records. And mm. um, so ways to stay present is is kind of my number one thing now. And so limitations are really good. Um, and then I think the other thing is distractions are really good. I've read, uh, there's a book I love called Songwriters on Songwriting, and it's really a compilation like this thick. It's a book of, of just interviews with everybody from Dylan and Leonard Cohen and Tin Pan Alley writers to like, you know, modern Mark Knopfler's and Madonna and every every kind of music all over the place, but all kinds of songwriters but pretty much interviewed by the same guy. I believe his name is Zalo, his last name. What's beautiful about this is he asked, the, the interviews are similar, and so you hear people articulating these things and talking about their process and their their struggles and maybe some of their remedies. And so you could just hear, you see the, the common thread is that a lot of times you need some something that takes your resistance that just distracts your resistance. Mm. And, and, and I use the word your, your judgmental mind or your logical mind, you know, versus your creative mind, which could be a right, left brain, whatever. So, for instance, a lot of people say they go on walks. Like you're working on a song, you're stuck. So you go on a walk. And just the simple act of, of walking, or it could be driving, I, I get a lot of ideas driving. I think your subconscious is allowed to process and work on things and your resistance has to be distra- is distracted by just trying to stay on the path mm. on the road or the or the sidewalk or whatever 
and some people it's it's just something some menial kind of thing yeah some real uh, exercise that gets them yeah and it takes quiet. you a minimal amount of motor skill maybe yeah. but it does take concentration driving walking throwing a baseball things that take com uh, com concentration but are somewhat built into your your uh, nervous system seem to open a path or create a a block um, also when you first get up in the morning I feel like you have less resistance less judgment mm. so so I try to capitalize on those first few hours of the day as a writer and uh, and then you know once the day gets going and your brain is busy uh, then you write something and you just uh, you know what what we're trying to do is be like kids again and just discover something creative without judging it and it's really really hard mm. It, that those limitations that you talked about, you yeah. said you said a lot of people do that because they love that old sound or yeah, what like there is even a romance to the limitation, right? Like let's yes. try this and let's challenge ourselves. It's one right. thing to set that up ahead of time, yes. But what's that like in the rearview mirror? Like was it what you hoped it would be, or did yeah. it provide what you hoped it would do? So so much more fun. So much more fun because you become an innovator and a problem solver. And you're like, what can we do with just what we have? And what's the most amazing thing we can do? And like my wife is a chef and she's really good at like, okay, you know, cooking for the family. Uh, what do we have left? We need to go grocery shopping, but here's what we got to work with. And then she'll, she'll just get in this innovative mood, and, um, mode and, and, make something really amazing because uh, she has a very high standard so she's going to make it good even if she just has these simple ingredients so I think it's it's very similar and I think that's why like the you know people always talk about the Sgt. Pepper record or or you know how the Beatles for instance really pushed um, the envelope and the limitations of their what was technically available back then when they only had four tracks mm. and then they figured out how to bounce them around and, and it required a lot a leap of faith and a lot of um, sort of risky and innovative uh, moves and committing to something uh, because there wasn't any other way to do it sure. so it's kind of and and the opposite of that is the new is the technology we have now which there's a million ways to do something, and you have inf infinite possibilities, which is great if you have a brain that can stay on top of that and be efficient with it. But for me personally, I, I get overwhelmed so quickly, and then you're tempted to just, for instance, record a song 15 times, and this, is, this happens, and then pick the best parts of each one and glue them together. Sure, and and this is, happens all the time. And then you can even tune them, you know, yeah. if there's a bad yeah. note, or you can edit it. And and I think, I mean, some people are really good at that and make great art that way. And then other times, I feel like, well, it, it's very sterile. It it could be very sterile. But the worst part about it, as the creator, is is it's tedious, mm -hmm. and it's and it's not fun. And what we found this go around is we had fun in the process and, and it because we kept being surprised that wow we did that with just these limitations 
and so it was a it was great for morale and it was great for camaraderie to really work together to figure out how to overcome uh, something with the limitations that we have and somehow that's so much more fun and I, I mean think about it in terms of this is a maybe a, a trope as well but even we just put out a single it's called it's called um, line those pockets yeah and it kind of alludes to the fact that that we've heard a lot you know people who win the lottery are people who are the wealthiest people are sometimes some of the most unhappy people they're they're probably overwhelmed they can do anything anytime mm-hmm. and um and i i feel like that's what why the, the internet brings me down at least if not a lot of people is that you can see anything anytime know anything at any time there there are no it's limitless right yeah. And that's really awesome, but it's also really overwhelming, and I feel a detrimental in some ways to to mental health and uh, and certainly to creative health. Like it, it doesn't help me to see, you know, to see to know everything about every artist and how many followers they have, and you know <laughs> yeah. what their living room looks like and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> it, you know, it used to be so mysterious. And and it shows my age, but I but I loved like album covers. Like we didn't know anything when we were looking at the Beatles records or Led Zeppelin or, um, I mean even Prince when he first came out or, you know, all my heroes, all my favorite records. Number one, they had some of these limitations based on the era and the technology at the time. So I hear the little mistakes. I love the <laughs> how human it sounds, you know, and. And that's that's stuff that uh, really means a lot to me. That those guys were really playing music and they were really good. Yeah, you can hear their humanness when they make a there's an anomaly to the music or something. And um, but also we didn't know everything about them. Like they were mysterious pictures on the backs of albums or sometimes the fronts of albums, and um, there was some mystery to it. And yeah, I, I just sound like a crabby old dude, but I, I kind of am in terms of that. <laughs> I get uh, it. Yeah. Hey, let me let me ask this because you said um, usually a lot of our like missions or or like intentions come out of where we feel we've lacked before. So if you say we were chasing an ability to be present, does that mean on previous albums or recording sessions you realized, gosh, we haven't been present for a while and we're missing something in that? Um, partly and possibly it's interesting because this is not an absolute, uh, like uh, this, this process that we just did felt very fresh to us only because on the previous album called kingdom in my mind, we had a much different approach and it was actually, we're super proud of it. Those were just jam sessions, right? Yeah, and so the a, a lot of that. So in general, you could say those were more jam sessions where we, on the front end of things, we just improvised and um, recorded it at album quality and just, you know, we call it, called it like spontaneous composition. So there, here, here's the childlike part. Here's the the fun part where you have no judgment. You can just have fun, like. Mm-hmm like you're playing and we literally were doing that and just not thinking like with, with in your conscious mind when you start thinking okay this is a song here's this part here's that part 
then you're you're in a different frame of mind than you are when you're creating. So so that was the beautiful and fun part of that album was the front end of it. We we just improvise and we captured all these magical moments that would be impossible to capture if you were thinking about songs. Sure. You know what I mean, we were just thinking about how the musical conversations we were having. Our studio was new to us and we were very excited to be there. So again, we had this sense of wonder and discovery that is very childlike and innocent. I think you used the word innocent and I liked, I think that, that made sense. So that was awesome. And then we got inspired and wrote lyrics to these things. And then we, we really had to chop them up and then became the tedious part where all the, you know, because we had, you have to edit those kind of things mm-hmm. to make them work. So we recorded that stuff to tape also, but then it had to go into digital so you could edit it and and chop it up. And that became the tedious part where there was a lot of choices to make. And as I remember it, that was the part that was not fun. That was mm. the part where we just got <laughs> crabby and, and it we loved the results. I think it's, it's some of our best work, but yeah. at the same time, we didn't want to do that again. We won't, and we didn't really sure. have a choice either. So, anyway, that, there's there's lots of ways to do it. Um, but I think the the important part is to to figure out how to be present when you're doing it, and to just find a flow. And there's a lot of resistance to that, based on all these things we've been talking about. Living on the boulevard Wealthy man driving by in a sports car Little girl in a third world city Old lady still trying to look pretty So let us pray it's not too late To line those pockets with grace Everybody's just trying be happy Line lost pockets with rage Everybody's just trying to be happy So put your money away Line those pockets with grace Sore loser out to get revenge Old boozer out sleeping on a park bench Desperate sinners always up to no good All the kids have kicked the can in the neighborhood So let us pray it's not too late To line those pockets with grace Everybody's just trying to be happy Line those pockets with grace Everybody's just trying to be happy Big game punters in the camouflage pickup trucks All the hippies in the tie-dye school bus Bus boys scraping by, sweeping up the restaurant Little women sipping wine like some debutantes Everybody is wishing for a Valentine's 
Everybody's just trying to be happy. Line those pockets with grace. Everybody's just trying to be happy. So put your money away. Everybody's just trying to be happy. Line those pockets with grace. Everybody's just trying to be happy. So put your money away. And let us pray it's not too late to line those pockets with Line those pockets. You've been listening to The Resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app. And for more information or further episodes, you can find us at listentotheresistance.com. Audio production by Isaac Vining. Theme music by Jake Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening.